0: Welcome to another segment of Market Overdrive. I am your host, Carla Mina, residential real estate broker with Coa Banker. How are you, Mr. Mm (laughs) Mehmeti?
1: Hit the button, Will. We live now? (laughs) Mm -hmm. We are live from WGN Studios.
0: The producers have always said... We've had
1: some technical difficulties, which is why... (laughs) Starting with you? My mouth is having technical difficulties, which is why we've had some issues here today. But we're live and we're up and we're running and... We are doing super well because we have the law legend himself in the building today. Nobody ever calls him The man you a legend. in charge. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to take that back. I don't like that being used on anybody else. Um, no, I'm just kidding. The man in charge of the Dodka Law Group and, of course, the founder and creator of Main Street Realty Group, Mo Dodka. Good to see you. How you been? Good, buddy. How are you? I'm good. You're here. I'm here. Yeah. I saw Technical brought, difficulties I saw are you, gone. I saw you brought a third wheel to our bromance. I did. I did. Uh, I'm about even, to announce it. You didn't even ask.
2: I brought on. I approved. It's
1: cool. Carla approved. Everybody (laughs) approved. Carla approved. The man of all men. Everybody approved this guy.
2: Ryan Foley. He is the president, owner of Spyglass Inspections, the best inspector I've ever worked with, as well as um, the owner of CBA Property Management, who runs and manages and does all the general GC work on the flips. He's the man of all men. He is Ryan Foley.
1: (laughs) Thanks for having me. Quite the intro. The man of big all big men. Ryan, well, you got to stand up tall yeah. <laughs> tonight. Man of all men. Tell us about yourself. How long have you been doing this? What got you in the industry,
3: the whole nine yards? Great question. So I've been doing this for about 17 years now. Uh, I kind of grew up a little bit with uh, entrepreneurs and working in some uh, construction with some friends, an uncle, and uh, my mom was an interior designer. So I actually started off flipping homes. And then uh, in that process of flipping homes, I had a lot of people asking me if I would uh, do inspections for them. So I looked into that a little bit further and uh, started the, the inspection company as well as the construction.
1: Now, you mentioned earlier off-air something about flipping homes at a relatively young age. How old were you when you did your first property? Mid-20s. Ooh I wasn't even out of college yet.
0: Well, it's good when you start young, right? I'm old.
1: <laughs> I'm older than you, trust me.
0: It's good when you start young and you also have family or someone that you can shadow so you can learn the business, the ins and outs of real estate. But for you who are listening, who want to become a flipping, who want to get into the flipping game, have never done this before and where to start today, we are focusing on flipping and also using the concept of new construction when doing so. Um, we're going to have a roundtable discussion about the topic and we're going to go around the um, the room and discuss our expertise. And of course, you are our main guest today. I know sure. that you work closely with Mo. Um, we have four co- uh questions that we'd like to focus on would you like to go over those questions nick
1: pretty simple stuff number one business plan or how to get financing or funds in order to do a flip number two how to find the ideal property three the entire flipping process i mean that's going to be a big chunk of the show obviously Uh, and last but not least how to get rid of this property and sell it for a profit at its max profit if you will so that'll be number four um those are the topics
0: and then, of course, before we move into our topics and review and get answers from our guests, we are going to go through the nitro question.
1: Where's the noise? I don't even hear the <laughs> nitro question. You, you know, I'm supposed to be alerted. That you're supposed the to hear the question. vroom,
2: vroom. That I'm gets me all excited vroom, every time vroom, vroom, we hear vroom. it. I mean, you know, I'm going to give you a vroom. You're,
1: you're a car guy. You like vroom, to hear the, vroom. God, vroom. On. give us the nitro question. All right, we're just <laughs> doing ourselves. Don't worry about it. The nitro question is going to be in the spirit of the show. And most importantly, the Nitro question is sponsored. Today's sponsor for the Nitro question is Denise Edenhofer. My girl, Denise Edenhofer from Fidelity Warranty um, and Home Warranty. Fidelity Home Warranty, I'm sorry. Uh, Good company, great people over there. uh, Amazing deals on their warranty programs. I think you guys should get a hold of Denise at Fidelity Home Warranty. But the Nitro question today is going to be revolving around flipping. Both of you guys, let's face it, everybody in this room has done one. At least one, and I probably am shorthanding that, but multiple flips. Who's going to take the question?
0: Ryan. You either are
1: or Ryan? Either way. Let's hear the question
2: the first. Question. <laughs> no, <laughs> you can't do that. You can't do that. You yeah. can't do that. It's like it's the nitro
1: question. You don't have to answer it <laughs> no, right no, away. No, no, you can think about that. it. You can think about it. We come it. back to it. I'm going to ask you a question. Go We're it. going to come back to about 15, 20 minutes you now. Ready? But The nitro question is, of all the stuff you've ever flipped... I want you to give us the craziest story, or I should say at least a scenario where you've been, whether just in the beginning part of the process after you bought the house, during the middle of the process, but at what point where you thought, holy sh- I can't believe I bought this house. We are in so much trouble, and I can't- and if I had investors, they're going to have to hear this. We all have to have one. You, if you want did- that if you did- answered right now? No, absolutely not, man. All we right. want people to hear the holy sh- story. All right. The nitro question- by Fidelity Home Warranty. Denise Edenhopper, thank you, girl, for sponsoring the sponsor Nitro question. Let's move it forward. Ooh, that just, what just happened to my ear there?
0: I increased you your audio. You got real close
1: to the yeah, mic. Yeah, you did. Whoa.
0: Sorry. <laughs> All
1: right. Cool.
0: Okay, great question. I was wondering what you were going to ask, uh, especially because it is Denise's hour. Um, but, yeah, let's get right to it. I mean, um, want to go ahead and start, yeah. Mo?
2: So I think when it comes to kind of like the plan of getting funding, I know Ryan and CBA does it a little bit differently. Um, it's tailored so that almost anybody can become somebody who flips homes. Typically, when you're thinking about flipping a home, you got to put you know two hundred, two hundred fifty thousand bucks in, or hundred thousand bucks if you buy a sixty five thousand dollar property like mm-hmm. Nick sometimes does. You need renovations. Um, what Ryan has put together with his group is a group of friends and family get together crowdfund the entire project and then get a rate of return at the end so if you have $25,000 to put in and that's all you can invest in real estate you can still be a part of a flip and what's beautiful is Ryan and the guys send you updates and one of the things I love is the updates I get when I've invested with him, you get an update that says A, B and C were just done, here's the plans for the next, you know, 1 month or couple weeks in the property and he just keeps everybody apprised of what's going on. So, you can invest a little bit of money, a lot of money and at the end the return is typically between 15 to 18%. On the projects I've seen, I know you guys have done better than From whatever you've put in. Yeah, you so, put in a
1: hundred thousand, right. you're making eighteen grand, fifteen to eighteen thousand dollars back yeah. in return. Yeah, and right. and
2: the cool thing is it's relatively quick now. So most of the projects are done in nine months, and so you're getting almost an annual return of about twenty percent return on your money, which is. Incredible. So I've loved it. I've flipped with other people before where they've promised me crazy returns and then they're very slow in getting things done. Things happen. Things didn't happen. GCs didn't Part show up. Part of the nitro question. Yeah. Yeah. There so you go. I've had some of those nightmares. Um, what's been very cool about, and I've done a lot of uh, work with them, and uh, Lawrence, who we've had on the show, does a lot of work with them, what's been really cool is Ryan knows his sh- And he gets the job done.
1: Well, let me back that up real quick. And Ryan, I'm going to let you jump in because this is obviously your turn. But you said something that I want people to understand when listening to this show. Crowdfunding. Yeah. Okay? And it seems like we're going to roll on that for a little while. It sounds so big. Crowdfunding sounds like half a million people in Chicago are putting money into your project. That can mean anything from two people. It could. Yeah. To 200 people. Or even Uh, more than that. I mean, just, you know, it means multiple people (laughs) at the end of the day. It it really gives the
3: opportunity for people that want to flip that don't have the money to do it to be involved. Mm -hmm. So, you know, to jump in on a flip at twenty-five grand is great. The people love it, right? And um, a lot of people want to be involved with the flip, but they really don't know where to begin or what to do. So kind of like Mo said with that weekly update, they feel like they're a part of the process the whole way. Right.
0: And for because you are tenure, you're in the business, you feel more comfortable, and people are going to say, fine, I'll let you borrow some money. I'll definitely put money in the pot for this p- particular project because you have results and you have a business plan, and I can see tangible, right? Uh, but what about if I'm a listener and this is my first time even, you know, wrapping my brain around this concept? What would you advise? What's the first steps into initiating a, a you know, a project like this where I'm going to ask someone to let me borrow money so that I can go ahead and buy a property, rehab it, and then give them a return?
3: Well, if you're going to start off, you mean doing that and mm-hmm. ask for people to invest on your first one, that would, that would be very risky um, for the fact that if you're getting in your first project, you are going to make a lot of mistakes. It's a very big education and an eye-opener. So if you're going to go that route on your first one, I would try to partner up with somebody that's already done a couple that can help you along the way and kind of knock out some of those mistakes that could happen.
0: That's great advice, especially for people who are saying, you know, maybe it's just generation, maybe it's cultural. I know a lot of people, like my mom always says, don't ever get a partner for anything. Just do your own thing. Don't get investors. And I'm like, that's not the way to do it these days. You leverage more of your risk if you get investors to do the, you know, to get the financing of it. And of course, we have proven results. So I love that you say that, you know, invest with somebody who has proven record, because even as realtors, we know that it's so intricate. I mean, the transaction is not business as usual. There's so many moving parts. What do you think about that, Mo?
2: I think, and I tell, people come to me all the time saying, I want to be a real estate investor. And when they watch HGTV and they think they can flip properties because HGTV said it's easy to do, I'm always like, guys, there's a lot of things that pop up. It's not as easy as you think. So It looks great on TV. Yeah, it looks, yeah. Easy, it looks simple on TV. Right, right. For me even, I mean, I'm in the industry. I kind of know what I'm doing. I just... I don't do it myself. I've invested with people who know what they're doing. So I would tell you if you're a listener and you want to go out and start flipping properties, I'll go one step further and say... Uh, Don't do it unless you are very, very certain your team that you're going to put together knows what they're doing from the realtor to, you know, an attorney. If you're doing zoning changes to the biggest, most important piece is obviously your contracting team, because that I've had investments where the contracting team sucks. Well, that's where where
3: it it really can go upside down fast if you don't have good contractors i mean your your whole project could be gone before you know it um so the contractors are a huge part of the of the puzzle here
1: we'll slow that part of the conversation down because we're going to get to that in a a little bit but let's you know we're going to sit on financing for a couple more tidbits and then we'll go from there Mm -hmm. um crowdfunding sounds like i'm for those that have a little bit of experience yeah um Crop funding has become a very popular tool. If you have a lot of money, then cash is great.
2: Yeah, cash is king when you're trying to win And you're saving
1: a lot of money on interest and returns in the whole nine yards. uh, Paying out returns the whole nine yards. Uh, But... You know, there's other ways to do these things. It's not like yeah. you have to crowdfund in order to get no. a flip. I no. just don't want people listening to yeah, not hear all. a message. That, oh, I need to do crowdfunding in order to do a flip. It doesn't actually, work like that. We've actually really grown
3: uh, the company by obviously using crowdfunding, but also a little bit of hard money lending as well.
1: Which I love. Um, and I only like it because if you're an independent, a small person doing your first, maybe not your first flip, you shouldn't get involved with a hard money lender, but... Um, if you're doing one or two a year and you have a good relationship with a place, um, you can keep most of your profits. Although a hard money lender is pretty much your partner. because yeah, they, they are not cheap. Let's no, just get no. that out of the way. You can expect to see rates that don't sound like your typical mortgage rates. You're talking about paying 1% to 1.5% a month typically in interest. Yeah, and I don't and
3: recommend then, that on your first couple.
1: Right, and you're, you're talking about paying in some cases 4 or 5 points up front and then extension fees that can get out of control if you don't do it in the first six months the whole nine yards but maybe the profits are so good that it's worth it if you're on your own to take out a hard money loan so that is one option
2: And and I agree I think you know you hit it, Nick. If uh, you are doing it on your own and you've got experience and you don't want to... Cr- and uh, crowdfunding, I don't mean like everybody put in 10 bucks. It's it's people putting in uh, Some 25 money $30. Yeah, it's 30 not bucks, worth your bucks, time. Well. Yeah, But the hard money really works. The important piece of the hard money is you've got to be timely. Because as those things get longer... Your money's you going on interest. It's going on interest and they have very big penalties if you go past certain points, depending on what loan you get, who you're working with. But... If you're buttoned up and you leverage somebody else's money so you can flip quickly, or maybe you have the money but you want to do multiple projects, hard money lending is great for that. But the time frame in which you do the flip has to be really buttoned up.
0: Well, Ryan, in the in the business that you are in, and and with uh, the length of time that you've been in the business, would you consider doing some um, hard money, obtaining a hard money loan? Or to- we
3: currently do. You currently we do, do? Do? Okay. do both. So
0: you diversify the projects. Correct. Okay. Correct. And the only reason I asked that question is because obviously your tenure, you've done this before and I would honestly only recommend somebody who's in the business who's a contractor um, who's also or a realtor that knows exactly what they're getting into because like Nick says the fees can get really high mm. I mean if the project is not delivered at the right time and as we all know we're expecting something back in May it doesn't get hit the market until July Correct. then your carrying costs are really crazy high um, so you're a first time investor who wants to flip properties and you're just you don't trust anybody you just want to do it on your own and you know you can do it because you've been watching H TV, right? No. <laughs> Keep it or flip it. <laughs> um, and you want to try this. I mean, I, I suggest, I've second your message about, you know, hiring or partnering up with somebody else to do it. But I love the fact that you said that you do both.
3: Correct. Yeah, we do do both. I, like I said, uh, if you could go the cash route for your first one or two to give you that breathing room, that would be your best way to go
2: or jump in with guys like Ryan who you know feel it out and, and learn the process so you invest once or twice with a group of people you get the process down and then from there once you understand the process maybe go out and do it yourself because there is that learning curve of figuring out you know you're acquiring a property what happens next with the permitting what happens after that you know is do I have to find the right team of people to sell it in the end Carla you know this you have sold a bunch of flips yourself marketing that and we're gonna touch on that but marketing that property Property at the end is going to be so important for time frame purposes. So, get involved with a group of people lessen your risk you know, with people like Ryan. If you learn it and you want to do it on your own, fantastic. But um, definitely, definitely don't do hard money lending on your first attempt. And also,
3: like you said, is we do send out that weekly update. So if you wanted to just hop in with us so you can kind of learn the process, Mm -hmm. that would always be a way to go as well.
0: That's ideal. I love that. And you're listening and watching Market Overdrive. I want to thank all our friends (coughs) on Facebook who are hanging out with us this evening, as well as you people who hang out with us on YouTube. I think we're not on YouTube today, but we'll definitely Get up there. Thank you for sharing our message. Ryan, um, great information. I love that you're inviting our audience to hang out with you and follow you through this process. Where can we get a hold of you?
3: Uh, you can get a hold of me. Uh, website is uh, CBA PropertyMGMT.com or phone number 847 401 7585. Call or text.
1: I feel jealous now. We're supposed to tell people
0: And I, and and we always bus. get Yeah, we always ask that at the end, but I love the fact that, you know, Mo, you invited him to go ahead and share that experience with our audience. And I think it's important because I know for a fact in 2018, a lot of people are trying to create wealth. We had Lawrence on the show who talked about, why don't you live a life of a life in air? So why not quit your nine to five and do something that you're really passionate about? Um, seeing these properties transform from like ugly to amazing and then seeing well, your product is completely different from the product I'm producing, but you're, you know, you're creating wealth for people. Not just from the initial you know, purchase But then from the resale as well So we'll get to there So sure. we talked about money How to finance this project How to finance your dream Now we're going to talk about Finding that right product
1: You know I'm sorry Yes <clears throat> Just before we go on that We left one part of Financing these things out And it's traditional yeah, you can. We didn't even talk yeah, about it, and I don't want to people it. to think that you have to do again. No. Crowdfunding is a popular source now. Hard money is another pop- popular source, and at the very cheapest, of money outside of cash is traditional. So if you have a project,
0: we, you can do that. Last, yeah, yeah, of course. So you can yeah. buy
1: an investment. It's got to be an investment. You can't. He
0: says no to me on everything, so I can't <laughs> ask him for any you money. Can, like you I can just- buy.
1: You can buy it as an investment property, traditionally with any traditional lender. Get yourself a four point something interest rate or a five, depending on the lender's rates. Um, typically you're holding this for at least six months anyways. By the time you start your project, d- do your rehab, and t- sell it, six okay. months can easily pass by. So a lot of lenders will be good with that. As long as it can pass traditional Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac um, guidelines that, from an appraisal standpoint, you can do it. That's typically 25% down, right? 25% down, but the interest rates are great. They're not yeah. 10, 11, 12% like hard money, uh, or you're not... Having to deal with the responsibility there's a lot of responsibilities in crowdfunding, and I don't think we really hit the the uh, business plan as much as we probably should, but there is responsibilities if you're the leader of a crowdfunding package mm-hmm. yeah, big, big time big time so but those are all good ways so we can we can move on, but that is one other way you could do it.
0: Well, I love it. I mean, the fact that we have all these options is good because we want to encourage you to go ahead and do this for yourself if you're interested. And of course, align yourself with experts like Ryan and Mo who can help you and guide you through that process. And I know when you're starting, you know, you don't have that resume that you have. I mean, you have done this before. Um, for some someone who's starting again, let me go back to this question. Somebody sure. email me. Um, what about the business plan before reaching the investors? Like, how can you get these people to believe in you and your product?
3: You know, well, I started off kind of going back to what Nick did. When I first started off doing my first couple flips, it was traditional lending. So um, it built up my character that way and the product that I could produce. And then it obviously grew and expanded from there.
0: You said built up your character. What does that mean?
3: Well, you build up your reputation of what type okay. of product you put out there um, and your end all. I thought maybe result. you
0: fell, you scraped your knees and you no. hated it. <laughs> and you're like, what am I doing? <laughs> the bank wants their money. Your business character. <laughs> This character. Got it. Okay, so let's get to it. How do we find... Everybody wants to know. There is no inventory. Even for the. this is the hardest part. It's Right now it, it is. is I it's mean, always
1: been the hardest part.
0: 2010, 2011, short sales everywhere. I was looking at properties. We're selling them for $125,000. Portage Park, Avondale. You can't touch that stuff oh, now. It's we like would three,
2: scoop <laughs> that up if we could find that <laughs> you there like, right
0: please, now. Please. <laughs> I'm begging you. Nothing. It is dried up.
3: It It has. It has. Um, A lot of it is driving the neighborhoods that you want to be in, sending out mailers, knocking on doors. Um, We built up a a fairly good reputation in some of our neighborhoods that uh, we've been approached uh, to ask if we want to buy properties. Obviously, this guy sitting to my left with Main Street has great reputation with people that they know in the neighborhoods that they get leads on. So yeah, it's not uh, going on the uh, MLS and finding these properties.
2: Yeah, it's uh it's getting tougher to find good stuff. The nice thing about what Ryan's doing so looking for properties for Ryan, I know Lawrence and myself when we've looked at properties and tried to find them for the group. It's a lot of finding properties that need a lot of work. So some people are frightened by the sheer amount of work. I toured a property with these guys and we're on the third floor of the attic. And I was certain if I took another step, I'm going flying down into the basement. (laughs) I was scared half to death. Wow! But Ryan looked at it from a standpoint and he he comes in all the showings for these and he's able to say, hey, listen, this looks like crap, but I'm going to change everything up. I'm going to make this property work for the investor and the end buyer. So a lot of times we're also looking for properties that are in really bad shape that an amateur or even an average person who flips with experience is not going to touch. So, um, we, want yeah, we, we want ugly. Yeah, we want
3: ugly.
1: Mold infested, foundation cracking. That's that's what we. Foundation cracking. I had foundation a friend in
0: college, yeah, yes. friend in college
1: that would walk around into a bar and say, "We want ugly," and I never. <laughs> <understood>. <laughs> I never.
3: Understood.
1: Uh, I have a couple friends like that too. They're still there. Yeah. About five
3: six
2: we want later, ugly. they'll go. Like, we, we look ugly.
1: great <laughs> now. Let's <Okay>. focus.
0: <laughs> I did see a property yesterday that, and I was just telling you earlier that had a huge crack, and it was scary because I'm like, uh now I know where the mold is coming from." But you like this stuff. This excites. You.
3: Well I like it because we have been in this for a while. We have good teams and and good people in our crew. So this those properties will scare a lot of people. They don't want to and I don't recommend starting with this, right? So right. um so a lot of people will walk away from bidding on stuff like that. But that's the stuff that we want.
0: You the, want it. The uglier the better.
2: The other thing that's really good about Ryan is he's a home inspector. So at the end of the day, he knows what has to be done to pass inspection and code so if there are cracks and things like that having a team member or a contractor or somebody there who can say hey listen this is a big problem now but my fix is going to be the correct fix that'll pass inspection it's going to pass code we're not going to have issues with it i've seen on the legal side of things so many end buyers of properties that were flipped i think you went through one for us to do an evaluation where you opened up a wall and there was like another room and the foundation was falling apart because some GC oh, right. walled the place off and hid the defects. Nice, so nice. it was, uh, we got them to fix it. Our, our demand letter was a little aggressive and they fixed it. We flexed our guns a bit. But um, the fact that he can take a look at a property and say... I got to do A, B, C, and D, and then it will pass an inspection. It'll pass code. It's going to pass city permits. And yeah, I mean, the way these guys do it, they have to go get city permits. So that's another layer of security because a city inspector is going to come in and make sure that everything's buttoned up.
1: All right, let's back this up, though. Back it up. Back, back it to up. finding properties. We're starting to go back yeah. into the process. And things. Well, and I, and I want to emphasize mining. What type of... I mean, at the end of the day, you're mining properties hit, to keep this going. Hit everything.
2: So right. I'm of the mindset, right. you know, what Ryan said. You got to drive the neighborhoods. You can canvas. Carla, I know you've done that in the past to find some properties. <laughs> if you're building something in the neighborhood that's like a four unit, if there's another four unit that looks like it needs work, you can pull the owner's information, reach out and say, hey, guys, I know your property needs some work. We are cash buyers. We just bought this property three houses down for $170,000. we will give you that same offer. We'll close in three weeks. No inspection required. Are you willing to sell? And a lot of times people will have these properties they're sitting on that they think needs a mountain worth of work. So when somebody comes to them and says, I'm willing to give you cash right now. A lot of them say, okay, I'll, I'll talk to you. And, and, you
0: talk I, Nick, to, and I know you want to focus on that, like how to find that property and how to scout the property. I think
1: everybody wants to know how to find these well, things. Well,
0: but I think finding the property is not necessarily like how do you scout and come through a neighborhood to get the property. It's more so of like, how do you identify the right investment I, opportunity?
1: I think you need leads first and then you have to go see them and then you make that next move of identifying if this is the right one or not. It also
2: depends on what kind of properties you're looking for. So I, I know that Ryan and his group of guys want two to four unit buildings if you can duplex up and it looks like there's attic space, fantastic. So if you can identify the type of property you want, then not only can you search online for it, but you can drive neighborhoods and look at things that may work. And then obviously when you're driving neighborhoods, don't try to walk through someone's front door, but you can tell if a building's run down or in great shape. Write down the Address, you can find the unit owners' information online. There's
1: millions of ways to you're, do it. And reach out. You're still making me do too much work. Is there a database I can go to and find stuff? That's Liz Pendants.
0: You are just looking easy money. Well, well, there well, is no on such man. thing. You, you're hit on Liz
1: stuff. Liz Pendants. So, Those are just starting foreclosure. Those might be going them. down anyways.
2: So I Liz Pendants nowadays. He, is there Nick brought up a dot thing.
1: com? It's like stuff like that.
2: So you can pull records. So you can go on. Um, so many different sites to find Liz Pendant. So Liz pendens means a lawsuit for foreclosure. Any lawsuit has been filed against title. Um, Liz Pennons though, in Cook County, I have a foreclosure case that's still pending from 2009. It could go forever. I like knowing that a foreclosure case is matured because at that point, and by matured, I mean it's been going on for a little while because then it's typically getting to the end of the that's, process and you can save it. So don't just go online and try to find every pre-foreclosure place because somebody could be in a situation where they just
1: want to stay put and say, Mo, you know, just defend us out for two, three years. But again... I'm seeing this as a lead source. So yeah. you're saying I know why you said I'd like to see that they're further along because the house is more attainable at this point. It's right. within window of you're probably going to own this thing within sure. the next few months. You can go. But on, if this pendants tells me maybe I should go to that, go to the seller, canvassing, knocking on doors, and say, "Are you interested in getting out?" yeah
2: and that's going to rely on whether they're really underwater or not so if the home's worth one hundred and seventy five but the lawsuit for foreclosure is two eighty you're still not going to pay two eighty for it right A lot of times you can go on so if you go on the judicial sale if you google um Cook County foreclosure sheriff sale. You'll get the judicial sales site, and typically those sales that are being scheduled in the very near future are getting very close to the end of the foreclosure process. Now, again, you're going to have to do a lot of weeding through, and and the likelihood of success is low because most people are so underwater on their home that even if you know Ryan wanted to go and buy it from them, if it's worth 175 and but they need 230 to clear the loan, they can just show up at the sheriff sale and maybe buy it. Um, but
0: I love that concept though of going through, you know, finding REOs or foreclosure or short sales or something that you can negotiate, right? Because if it's pending litigation, it's a pre foreclosure and it's going to go into foreclosure. But nowadays I'm finding that banks are going to yield higher if they put it in the MLS versus sell it to an investor. So it could be risky. I say go ahead and diversify that process. Like you said, knock on doors, right? Talk to the rundown homeowner who said, who you're, maybe they have financial hardship or maybe they're an estate sale. Maybe they're, you know, getting retired and the kids want to, you know, moving on to a 55 plus community so you never know where these opportunities are going to come from so we're going to leave that up to you to be resourceful and kind of figure out where to find that product i'm more interested in how you as an investor identified the right opportunity like what are the things that you're looking at what is that where when what you know why like why would you want to yeah. buy it
1: yeah <laughs> tell us man well, tell us
3: like 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 Mo said we do two and four flats but it's also getting creative right it's how to deal with small spaces and create larger ones it's some of uh, the flats that we buy we pop the top and we'll build up so we'll create a duplex up we'll dig out a basement and do a duplex down so um, you know there's so many different angles that you can approach this and, and get after it. It's about being creative. Um, as far as we identify them, I really like sticking with brick structures, um, brick and mortar. Um, we have a few that we've done stick structures. The buildings that we do, we gut them, right? So We've come into a lot of problems with the stick structures of just complete rot of an outside wall, right? So we're rebuilding a whole
1: outside wall. And that's and Mo not tells something- me you
0: rebuild everything. Sometimes it's just studs. Sometimes all you do is keep the four walls.
1: Correct. That is correct. That's why he doesn't like replacing brick. You don't have to replace brick typically. But
0: but, but see, that's where you have to be a savvy investor because if I'm a novice investor, that's a lot of money associated with it, right? So you have to be realistic about the acquisition cost and then the rehab cost because if you're doing all of that, you know, plumbing, electrical, brand new, everything, you're not just lipstick surgerying those products, then you really have to know what you're doing and have some idea about cost.
3: Well, what we'll do is we'll go and look at properties with Lawrence and then right away I'll put a pro forma together. Okay. So that's going to be all of our costs, carrying costs, construction costs, um, real estate costs, attorney fees, all of that. And there's times that we sit down and this just doesn't make sense. And we got to move on to the next one. So you got to know your numbers.
0: Exactly. And that's something I think we all kind of, we can all agree on is that you have to know your numbers because you're not doing this for fun, right? You're doing it for a profit.
2: And two sets of numbers, one, your numbers in the flip, but two, what the rental numbers will look like till the end buyer. So you want to build a property that is marketable to sell quickly because I know your group of guys, they have buyers ready to go the moment the property is done it sells, So it doesn't go to market. So I think you guys sell it like an eight cap, which is Correct. A, an eight cap in today's world, completely gut renovated is a rare find. So they market at an eight cap, but with that marketing, the investors are still getting at least 15% returns. So being able to identify what it's gonna sell for in the end when you're first starting off is really important. And duplexing down, duplexing up, then you gotta figure out, well what are those units gonna rent for? if I add two bedrooms, if I add one bedroom in an attic. So yeah, two sets of calculations. And it goes back
0: to, yeah, going back to how to identify that product. It sounds like you're doing, you're focusing your business plan on multi-unit. Correct. And you understand that buyers nowadays who are buying multi-units are some buying to owner-occupied, right? And subsidize the mortgage with rental income, or some of them just want to keep it as an investment. And like you said, right, they're buying doors and you're looking at, you know, in some areas, a healthy cap rate's gonna be 6% on average, right? Anything above that, how long is it going to you know, take for you to recoup your investment, per se, right? Um, you're looking at 8% cap rate, and these guys are already renting the properties for you. So when you're rehabbing or you when you're identifying your next flip or finding that opportunity, you're also looking at a neighborhood that's going to want to keep that investment. You're looking at a product that's going to be able to resell, and then you're already giving the end user a great investment, correct?
3: Correct. Yeah, and that's kind of pinpointing back on having a good team. You got to lean on your realtor to say, hey, my end product is going to be X. How much can we get for this? So right. that good teamwork, you don't need a, a yes man for,
1: oh yeah, we can do it. You're you're definitely far more advanced than, than somebody that's kind of getting their feet wet and flipping. I mean, going building up and building down, two up and two down is pretty intense. Now, we don't want people to, to think that only multi-units are worth flipping. There's a lot of mm-hmm. money to be made in single families. And Correct. we used to have, we had a gentleman, a company on a while back, <clears throat> where all they did was bought a uh, ranch in a specific area, ranch properties. Wow. And they would build up. They would literally double the square footage of the house. And the house would go, instead of it being a $200,000 ranch, it'd be a $500,000 two-story. Didn't need too much money. I mean, it did need money, obviously, when you're adding a second level. But it was a whole other home. Mm-hmm. You know it turned in from a three bedroom to a six you know multi bathroom i mean it, it, they were beautiful homes, so I mean again that's there 's a lot of other ways of skin the cat a single family home sometimes like you just said the word lipstick surgery yeah but i don 't think people really know would know what that means. Um
0: well I like that you said lipstick surgery for me is where, where you're just not so touching up. Yeah, you're not doing you're doing a kitchen and bathrooms and you're putting lipstick on it, right? You guys are doing a real gut rehab, plumbing electrical, everything's changed. Uh, but you know, Nick, I love that you said that about the ranch <coughs> homes and, and the reason why I said how to find the right property mm-hmm. and, and we're kinda of sticking on this t- topic for a long time, but only because it's very important to align yourself with the realtor that understands the market. And like I said, it's specific to that neighborhood. If you're if you're flipping in a neighborhood that's conducive to, you know young urbans who are going to be renting and we all know the rental market is hot and so sure. you're going to find an investor who's going to want to own a, a rental property or if you're looking at a neighborhood that's more single family that it's more family oriented it's by a good school then I've seen people flip a, a two flat and convert it into a single family correct. so again you said you align yourself with a group of realtors that understand what the end use what is the best end use of that property cuz it's going to yield the highest correct so you, those are formulas you Absolutely. have to stick to that
3: Absolutely. and first starting out do the lip- Stick, right? Find that house that just Easy. needs some paint, some hardwood Carpet, floors,
2: paint, yeah.
3: things like that right. nature, so mm-hmm. you can kind of get your feet wet that way <clears throat> and slowly build that up.
2: The only issue, and yeah, that's the best way to start, is they're hard to find. It's hard yeah. to find a place where you do a little minimal amount of work nowadays, and then the end, for sure. Yeah, yeah, nowadays, and then the end result gives you enough of an appreciation that once you take into account your broker fees, your transfer taxes, your tax preparation credits, that you actually make any money. And I think, I mean, I would take you know the lipstick type job all day long. It's just becoming harder to find. Right. When the market was crappy, that was sweet. You right. could just keep doing that over well, and over. Well, when the market
0: again. was crappy, we could find something Anything. for one hundred and twenty-five, and you right. know, dump fifty into it, and wow, sell it you know but then again there wasn't a lot of properties being sold and you know it's a great market nowadays because there isn't a ton of inventory and the reason I love this show and the concept of market overdrive is because on a weekly basis we invite guests who are on our show that are in the trenches they're actually practicing what we're talking about I'm not just interviewing these guys um, because whatever we want to do a report on this subject today or this topic today but it's because you guys there's so much information here we all talk about there's no inventory there's a lot of families who are looking for properties in, in summer market, you know, everybody's going to go crazy with bidding wars. Mm-hmm. So why not be that person that's producing the product that's going to be able to sell? I mean, your properties, these guys are selling the properties before they even hit the market, what we say in the MLS, sold before print, Correct. because there's such great demand. And I know finding the property is a hard thing. But knowing the formula, <laughs> it's it's such a great you have proven results.
3: Correct, correct, and uh, yeah, and once you get to that point, you build up that track record and that reputation, and you know, we got people that are lining up through Lawrence and in, in Main Street, and when's the next one gonna happen, we're interested in buying, so it's it's been, we've been very fortunate.
0: Love it. And my producer is going to kill me because he's like, we need to break this into a two show, you know, like (laughs) conversation, because there's so much to cover. And of course, you could always email us at info at marketoverdrive.com. We are more than happy to, you know, share our experience with you, our skills. Um, But let's move on to the flipping process, right? I mean, how do we We, start? We We were in finding the property, the flipping property, the flipping process, like what's the first step into the rehab?
3: First step to the rehab is obviously landing the property, then getting all your architectural drawings done, and then first submit the permit.
0: Oh, you mean there's permits?
3: Oh, yeah. There's you
2: better permits. get them in Chicago, because if you don't and they stop you, you are in a heck of a lot of trouble. Scoot at. <laughs> <laughs> you should come to building court with me and Timmy Forget and see that. all the people sitting there with their heads down because they didn't.
3: And do that's right like thing. usually
0: you tear down and start new. All that material, all that labor, gone.
3: Yeah, we Just... basically gut. It's a gut gut rehab. No,
0: but for people who don't get permits.
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, right? they stop work order and they'll hold that up. If, gosh.
2: You do not want to be the time. dude who walks into building or the court. Or the girl. The guy or gal that has tried to sidestep the city and not pay the city their dues. Because they will come get you.
0: There are two silent investors that we don't talk about, and that's the IRS and the city for permits. They need to be part of that formula. Don't forget those two. And a stager. I think staging is cool. Well, you guys don't need it, but I'm just saying a stager.
1: His mom's coming out and doing it. Yeah. There you go. He was born by an interior designer. He don't need a stager. Born
0: by a interior designer. He pays attention. Now you know we're on this topic now. (laughs) So, okay, so you pull your permits, then you start the work.
3: Start the work right. So basically, we have demo crews that come in that work for us on a consistent basis. And another big part, especially in the city, is getting that dumpster. And in the dumpster needs to be in a spot oh, next it's to your property.
0: Company. See because all these ideas. They're
3: not dragging this down the street, right? <laughs> so there's a lot. And then you're literally gutting it, right? And when we are gutting it. Along the way, we're finding a lot of surprises every single time because you don't know what's going to be underneath that floor, behind that wall. And once we get to, to gut, then we're, we're ready to start building.
0: Any treasures? Ever find any treasures?
3: You know, no.
2: Did you find a car in the garage? Like a <laughs> yeah, actually, I, I forgot about
3: that. A guy left an old, beat-down Ford uh, F- F-150 truck. Whatever yeah.
2: happened to that thing?
3: We rolled it. Nobody wanted it. So we rolled it to the mechanic across the street and he took
2: it.
0: Oh my gosh, that's yeah. awesome. That's so cool. See, there's always things. I'm always looking for you know, treasures, but there's never any.
2: Barn finds are the best. <laughs> so if you ever see online, you see them on Facebook. Sometimes somebody opens a barn and there's like an old Ferrari and there's something antique yeah. in there. We've never found any of those. Well, I take that back. There might have been stuff, but my demo guys took it. So <laughs> they <haven't. laughs>
3: I never got to oh, see yeah, it. Oh yeah, the
0: furniture is always gone. They, they always take it, which is good because there's so, there's so much cost associated. I mean, yeah. people who come in and pick up the junk and take it.
3: That's one big thing too is when you're first. A couple, you've got to mark or, uh Budget properly for your dumpsters because that gets very, very expensive very fast.
0: Yeah, I agree. Those are the things that you want to know when you're starting to flip, right? And that's the flipping process. I think that the most important part of it is just kind of knowing your end use yep. and knowing what you're gonna what you're gonna do with this property. And of course, you you lean on your realtor and your designer mom yeah. to tell you what are the colors, paint colors that are trending, what are the kitchen colors that are trending, um, just so that we can kind of wrap our brain around what what kind of products you guys are producing out there. What are you doing as far as kitchens
3: well it's kind of cool is with our home inspection company we get to go into a lot of other people's homes and get a lot of really cool ideas off of other people so it's Brilliant. it's really neat so really what's in now is those whites and the grays right so uh, owl gray is really popular with a nice dark uh, stained floor big white trim um, you know you're seeing you're kind of not seeing granite as much anymore no, it's kind of going to court's <laughs> And really, a lot of stainless steel is going out too
2: right now. So
0: stainless steel is out.
2: It's kind of going that way.
3: What
0: are you? You're seeing
2: seeing a lot of black.
3: Black
0: stainless steel. I got black stainless steel.
2: I did when I (laughs) renovated my house. I was thinking I'm not going to do white kitchen, gray walls, (laughs) dark floors, and I have white kitchen, dark floors, gray walls, and I got quartz. (laughs) I've been in a white kitchen
1: in my house for so long that it was in style. (laughs) <laughs> was completely out of style, and it's back in style. That's how long are my white serious? kitchen that I've lived with. Yeah, that's I don't even crazy. care. Like, I, I, you know, it's like it's the people were like, "Oh, that's nice." I'm like, "Yeah, it was nice thirty years ago."
2: You got nice white headphones cool. too. You like that? <laughs> I know. I'm so jealous every time.
0: But if you <laughs> go and I, you don't have to answer this. And I'm not trying to endorse this company, nope. but Home Depot, right? If you work with the um, what do they call the the customer service? But it's for the contractors. Contractors. The contractors. Uh, they'll help you tell you what is the trending product, like the tiles. I'll let you know what people are using most, on mm-hmm. um, the colors. Um, so they're a good resource if you're just starting and need somebody to advise you on these things. Because I hate it when someone calls me to sell their flip and they're already at the listing process they're like yeah just come and take photos and it's like why did you paint this wall red yeah like why did you do mustard orange red yellow what color is this
3: (laughs) neutral popular neutral canvas house.com is great too
1: house yeah house is awesome oh i love house House. i want to hit one you know and forgive me i had to take a break here for a second um but do we get into hiring a crew in the very good detail he about is his the crew. crew. No. Well, but I understand he's his crew. Our I listeners want to know how to hire the right crew.
0: You should see me with the hammer.
1: What's the advice of somebody going in their first rehab, hiring a crew? I mean, I know that I've recently done some projects and the summertime could be a real pain in the in the ass because trades are just not showing up and they're not saying you know, it's not like they're calling in sick. Right. They've got other jobs, and, you know, everyone's kind of trying to hog a certain tile setter and a certain framer. Yeah, everyone's got something else going on because it's so busy. Right. How do you not get burnt, uh, be it that you're not – I mean, you're in the business, so you have your own people that are loyal to you because you're a source of revenue to them on a, on a yearly basis. But if I'm a guy that's barely done two or three, you know, rehabs, few and a far apart – Ask around,
3: talk to people, right? That have used the people before, right? That doesn't mean you're not going to get burned, but also once you start to find your crew, always be looking for others, right? So if you think you have your plumber, and that's my guy, (laughs) Mm -hmm. keep on looking for other plumbers. Right, because there's going to be something that's going to happen. Right, that he either gets greedy on you, so I'm doing this. So you know, I'm seeing you do this. So you got to keep them honest as well. Get other bids if you think you have your guys Still get other bids on your products so you know they're staying. Everybody wants to know your math,
0: right? They're going to be so you're paying how much for this, and you know what do you think you're going to sell it for? It's like don't do my numbers for me because only I know my numbers. Exactly. But I agree with you. You know, always keep. You're always hiring for the next product, right? Because maybe you have. Projects going on, and you may need somebody to, you know, plumber for this one while the other one works for the other one. But um, one thing that I think it's really cool is when people start sharing information. Like people will tell me where they buy their cabinets, right? There's so many companies that will give you great deals for, you know, builders' deals, um, or vanities, or mirrors, or you know, always talk to other people and kind of collaborate because you're not producing, you're not competing for the. We all know it. Buyers are out there, and your property is going to sell. You just have to do a good job.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. And one attorney piece of advice. Go to uh, the county's website for lawsuits and um, put in the person's name or their company name. I do this all the time. If I'm going to work with a contractor or somebody um, on anything, I'll just Google the company. Not it will uh, Google the case search and see if there's any lawsuits pending against them in the county. Mm. What about when you go to
0: the mm. Home Depot parking lot and you pick up people? That's not allowed.
1: Uh, yeah, <laughs> your <laughs> personal life is not about <laughs> is not, this show. Is I not was going to let Nick my take that. My brother that. does the work. Like, like, like relax.
0: I'm just i know it you right go they go
1: to home depot dude what is wrong with you
2: i was going to let nick handle that wow. i saw his eyes light up wow. when he said the parking lot <laughs> i was like let him go hey
1: boys <laughs> y'all want some work <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> oh serious. lord oh People lord oh. That. they go to the home depot
0: oh, parking lot my, my head, my we're head. not all right <laughs> my
1: head. i can't take it no more i'm
0: not supposed I, to laugh on this show anymore <laughs>
1: <laughs> but he's terrible. You set yourself up. You self- and set
0: that this for This is his something spike. the consumer oh, wants boy. to know. I am for the voice of the consumer. I'm sorry I didn't grow up and my mom wasn't designing <laughs> you know, kitchens and floor plans by the time I was 15. Right. And Mo, I'm sorry I didn't have the resources <laughs> that you did. So oh, now-
1: Spoken like a girl that hung out at Home Depot parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, whatever. Let's move this thing along because right, we so don't have a lot of time Finally here, but and
0: really fast.
1: Well, I want to get to the nitro question.
0: No, we need to get to marketing first. You're marketing arguing, and this,
1: but, you know. We, I'm the Home Depot girl. I'll make marketing real fast.
0: Go ahead, do it.
2: You got to build a product that the end buyer, the investor in this situation, if they're buying a two to four unit, or even if they're buying a home, that the end buyer is going to want. So... One thing you guys do very well is if there's, you know, common area space they get rid of it. So everybody gets their own entryway. They minimize the expenses to the end buyer so that the cap rate goes up. They get a better return. So if you can build a product that the end buyer really wants, you should be able to find a buyer before you end up having to hit the market and then do the traditional marketing routes and shake the tree. If you have one or two investors that have bought properties from you before, Birds of a feather flock together. Reach out to them and say, hey, do you know anybody else who's interested in an eight cap or this sort of investment? Reach out to them. Typically, they know somebody else who wants it too.
0: Love it. I'm going is- to
2: jump
1: in because I'm, I'm pretty good with marketing myself. Really? Yep. Okay. Actually, I know I'm good. Um, I think when you're buying a property, and, and this is where social media could be relatively inexpensive because I've done this on a few different properties that I've flipped. Um, I did it before I even, they even hit the market. If you're buying a property, you typically, you guys are talking about investors on the, you know, uh, two to four units and, and uh, cap rates and the whole line yards. But if you're buying a property that is, whether it's for an investor or whether it's for, you know, let's just say you're buying something that is in a specific school zone, ideal for a family of four or five or whatever the case is, um, first-time home whatever. Know who you're marketing to and then go ahead and place ads on things like social media to fit the demographic of the person looking for it. 100%. I mean, at that point... You can, at least you narrow it down to exactly who this is perfect for. You know, newlyweds, if it's a smaller home, um, you 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 highlight the school district, you highlight the, the, the area, you put a geographical map, because most people don't buy homes, you know, outside of like, let's say 20 miles or whatever. You would know that data better than I do, but, um, you know, keeping it tight yeah. and hitting a group of people that you know really have interest. So
2: with Facebook now, you can target market Nick's right? So let's say it's a house. Let's get away Mm -hmm. from what we're doing this two to four unit. And you're flipping a house in a school district or a zip code. You can target market that exact zip Zip code. code. And Facebook has become relatively inexpensive. We know it's about 50 to 70 cents a click for Facebook. If you do a real estate related Google pay per click, it's about five bucks a click. So use social media, Put up the post in the general area that you want to sell the property in and just hyper, hyper push that thing. And you're right. If you have a project that's upcoming and maybe you even have photos of a previous build or you have some photos of the exterior and say, hey, this is going to be done. It's going to be this much money. Done June 1st and then get that buyer ahead of time. That's 100% And I don't want to be the
0: nagging realtor, right? Because I am. But just understand the intricacies of the marketing that we do for your property. So when we're listing your property, whether you're an existing homeowner or you're flipping something, Um, These are the things that we do for you, right? We optimize the reach so you can get the highest yield. So I just don't want you thinking that I'm going to rehab the property myself. I'm going to go get a GC license. I'm going to go hire the contractors, the plumbers, the electricians. And then I'm going to market the property, figure out the colors myself. It's just too much to do for one person. You know, if you're going to start doing this and doing it right, you should have your partners, people that you align yourself because you want to grow this. You don't want to be just a -a one-a-year type of person. And if so, great for you. But once you get started, it's pretty addicting it 's k- kind of fun right when you find the property, and because there is not a lot of inventory and you 're able to find the property, you have to squeeze as much out of it as possible and you can 't do that if you 're going to be marketing it yourself if you don 't know how to strategically price it and market it
1: and you know i 'm going to jump into your lines of work, um, the two realtors here, but you know when when I put this property, one of these properties I put on Facebook specifically, I knew the audience, I knew the radius that I wanted to stay within I knew. You know, I made sure I got into the other school districts that would be interested in moving into this school district. The whole nine yards, I barely spent like 80 bucks and my property was shared, I think north of 60 times. Wow. Had like some eighty, ninety thousand 90,000 like hits on it. It was, it was insane. And it was just a $260,000 property. It wasn't anything fancy. It wasn't something I was giving away for free. I was charging a fair market price for it, um, but also, um,
0: but you were don't in the area of not Don't over list it, inventory. though. It,
1: it didn't hit the MLS yet. So people were you know, calling and hitting us up before it got to the MLS. Uh, inevitably, we wanted to hit the MLS regardless because we thought we priced it low enough and that once it did hit the MLS, we'd start getting realtors putting in offers and maybe create a bidding war. Because I think too many people, you guys will agree to this, if you overprice and the house stays too long, you probably don't want to be in a situation where you're pricing down on your property.
0: And again, it goes back into strategic marketing, right? Underpricing, it's something that's a trend. And a lot of people get upset and offended because they're like, why are there so many buyers? So you pr- you posted something on social media that generated a lot of hits because you underpriced it. And it's a shiny penny. A shiny penny doesn't exist in this market, especially in the summer market and in the neighborhood that you were in. Because you were in, what, July was that last year? Correct. And you were like, what, Berwyn or something?
1: I mean, it doesn't matter where you are, right? You, you, so
0: you're geo geotar- you're targeting, right? And but what I'm saying to you is that don't try to do all this by yourself because we're we are strategic in in the pricing, and you have to understand like what's the average price uh, in that market to understand how to underprice it. Because what if you underprice it and, and it's not going to work out? Also, there's negotiate negotiating skills that go with that. A lot of people could say, well, I'm just going to uh, underprice it and get multiple bids, but then what if you don't understand how to like read the contracts, understand the loans, right? So what we do is we get these properties pre-approved, so we know. You know the lender that's going to finance it, so that there's no hiccups. We can get this lender to confirm that these approvals are great. Um, if it's a cash buyer, then great. We don't have to you know do all this. But there's so many things that could go wrong in a transaction. So this is just part of marketing and what a realtor does for you.
2: Let the chef do the cooking. Right. Don't don't start building. You know a home. If you don't know how to do that yourself, don't try to list a home if you're not a realtor. Nine out of ten people who list on their own fail. Um, only one out of ten are successful, and that might be the random situation where you underprice a home. Um, let the chef do the
1: cooking.
0: You're talking to someone who's you know he owns a mortgage company, so he knows how to market properties. His mom is a realtor, so he yeah. knows how to, how to market a property. I just don't want Touché, you, bro.
1: <laughs> Touche. You thought you only had a mind business, huh?
0: <laughs> so, I mean, he's been breathing you know like real estate ever since he was a kid. He's a
2: twenty year. Floater from a couple shows ago, <laughs> twenty-two year floater, twenty-two year, year floater. floater.
0: So great information. Thank you so much for coming on our show, Ryan. I Thanks really for appreciate having it. me. Whoa! Now, I know you have to do. Deserve- I'm just thanking him because this is awesome. I He's love flipping. Ryan's gonna have to. Denise
1: Eden, you say her last name because I don't want to mess up her last name.
0: Are you serious? And she loves you too. No, I love Denise. What does she do? Just explain <clears> what she does.
1: She sells home warranties.
0: What are home warranties, Nick?
1: Denise Eden Hoffert works for Fidelity National Home Warranty. Yep. Is that the full name of the company, Fidelity National? She, um, they pretty much are covering the house across the board, appliances, the whole nine yards, uh, for a year at a time. Yeah, twelve to thirteen months. Twelve usually. to thirteen months. Yeah, and it's 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 really inexpensive considering the stuff that you're covering. So I, and I this like- could
0: be something you could give, right? And obviously, everything is warranted for you guys with the mechanicals and the furnaces and all that because it's brand new. But for an existing home, right? Um, this could be a g- great gift for your potential buyer be, to make sure it's that it's a
1: great and that's it's a great marketing tool too. Free home warranty on this brand new rehab, blah ah. blah blah, and it, it it goes a long way. But we got to get to the Denise Edenhoffers nitro question that you need to answer man what was it again <laughs> exactly yeah, i'm sure you had the answer right after i had the question you could because you could think of these things as they happen but have you ever and if and when you have had a project that you were in and you felt oh boy oh we yeah. really botched this thing up i'm afraid how i'm even going to break this news to you know hopefully you're on your own so at least you only hurt yourself but if you had investors i mean we want to know the story yeah have you ever so, been in too deep and yes yes how could you prevent that from happening
3: um, Tell us the whole story. I
1: was flipping
3: homes, had not gotten into multi-unit yet, and I came across an opportunity of a 16-unit building.
1: What is <laughs> oh, this uh, is getting wow. good already. 16 units. <laughs> yeah. I heard the
3: story. <laughs> yeah. 16 so, candles. You know, I was like, cha-ching, 20? this is going to be great. And all of a sudden, you started seeing the market crash.
1: Oh man! <laughs> to, I, I should like, have oh. said without counting a market crash. <laughs> Everybody's had that story, oh, but we'll take it. Let's do it. it. That Let's take was it. a big Let's deal, yeah, right? No, so, you're right. Uh,
3: and I was only halfway through it. So, long story short, for this particular uh, situation, I was not looking to become a landlord on for 16 units on this uh, particular uh, property. So I landed up carrying that property for gosh, my wife knows the exact numbers because I was miserable, but that was like for nine years. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. That was a, I'm hurting for you. 16
2: is a lot of people. It's a lot yeah. of a
0: lot of families. A lot, a lot of, of stress. Sh- yes. Property management. Yes. But then also, right? This is a good story because that means that regardless of what happens, what the outcome, be prepared to become a landlord. Be, be prepared to keep that pro- property, or at least get your money out. Make right.
1: some lemon out of right lemonade out of lemons. Well, least. you know,
3: and it was a huge, huge learning experience for me. Right? I learned so much off of that. So it it really has geared to what I do now.
2: It's also a good lesson that every market goes up and it comes down and it eventually it will go back up again. So you know, you rode out a bad market until the market came back around. If you buy the right investment property, hopefully you're not dealing with 16 crazy tenants in construction, but if you buy the right investment property, it's a long-term thing. So what if the market goes down later? Just if you get the rent since you have it rented out, wait out the bad
1: market and then sell in a high market. Section eight. Real, real estate recession's are very few and far apart yeah they're not f- common no where if you're like heavily invested in stock let's just be real you could last be making week. a lot of money and then last week sucked <laughs> like everything you made over three months is just gone in the course of two or three days sometimes because that that does happen more commonly than what happened in real estate what happened in 2008 was somewhat of an anomaly we hadn't seen something like that in literally to that level since the Great Depression right you know we had a little bit of a real estate bubble in you know the west coast back in the early 80s which prompted the uh, reason for the savings and loans crash which is pretty famous uh, the the recent housing crash was significantly larger than that little incident but we're talking about something that are 30 years apart now right and before that it was like 40 years apart before there was something else that was really major when real estate really took a major hit so real estate in the in the grander scheme of things will be there and a lot more secure. Not that I'm saying take your money out of stocks and put it on real estate, but I am. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't agree with that. I think every, everybody knows all yeah, your eggs in one basket pie. is dangerous. But if you're a fan of real estate, corner, be mom, a little bit more aggressive <laughs> uh, with real estate. But I mean, um, if that's what you like, you know, but at the end of the day, you're right. I mean, it's an investment that is far safer uh, than, than buying some penny stock. It's not volatile like
2: the market, and when it drops, it definitely comes back, and Nick is right. Uh, That was a long time coming, and we learned from it. It's not going to crash like that again.
1: Well.
0: You're going on record by saying that.
1: Yeah. It's not going to crash like that again. I'm going on record. Ask Mo.
0: Ask Mo. Ask
1: Mo. (laughs) If it crashes
2: like that again, come looking for me. There's something
1: really wrong if it crashes like that again, because the, the, the way the financing is put together today, there's a lot of safety valves in place so it never happens again. I'm sure we'll find a way to do something worse though down the road because that's what we do as humans, (laughs) you know? So, but um, yeah, good stuff. So we got to wrap this bad boy up.
0: Do it. It's all you.
1: Ryan Foley. This is all about you.
0: You had a show all This is your last show, week.
1: man. So we, you need to tell us one more time. How do we get a hold of you? You got some questions, concerns, or we want to partner up and be part of your crowdfunding yeah, I project? Want to be part of this. Tell us how Absolutely. to get a hold of Ryan Foley. Jealous? Yeah,
3: hop along for the ride. We'd love to have you. On so it. you come to cbapropertymgmt.com. You can reach me there. Phone number is 847-401-7585. Reach me on that or text me.
1: Look at that. What a show. Living properties, and we wouldn't Excited. be anything without our sponsors. So let's mention our sponsors real quick.
0: Do it, Mike
1: see. Randick and Carmen Carbonara of Stewart Title. I know I didn't say her last name right, but it was close. <laughs> I never even, say her. Com, carbon, car- carbon Carbonara.
0: Carmen Carbonara.
1: Okay, you got all Latin on me. Of Stewart <laughs> Title, Tamika Scott with Money Matters Financial Peace, Denise Edenhofer, who I've mentioned several times because I love her to death. Fidelity National Home Warranty. Joanna Diaz with Credit RX get your credit fixed cuz that might be a helpful process and or a helpful tool in this entire process and of course last but not least I never say this name right Lisa do you want to help me with that one <laughs> Lisa Jusian?
0: Husino
1: Husino that doesn't look like Husino Oh <laughs> okay but hey Lisa Husino with Allstate Insurance Thank you so much for sponsoring our show. Thank you all for watching our show. You can obviously catch this show. And are you
0: going to thank our guests are coming will. in today? Oh, okay. Sorry. Can you
1: not cut my rhythm up? She said, Do mode. Mo? Moe, How? How could I possibly forget you? I already thanked Ryan Foley and got him out of, out of the way here. How am I going to forget Mo? He won't. Mo, he
2: stares at me in the picture every week. Yeah, we need to that. that. Look. No, keep it the same.
1: Bromance, <laughs> Moe Dotka of. Moe Dotka. <laughs> he called me Alex once. I called him Alex once.
0: See and he says I forget people. The names. Dodka
1: Realty Group and Main Street. I'm sorry, Law Dodka Group. Law Group and Main Street Realty Group. But he's not a sponsor. He's one of our hosts. He's
0: our host, but so, you guys are like a threat though for the industry. Anybody who wants to kind of mimic you, and that's why it's cool that you're over here opening your business plan to us. Because I me, mean, you have an attorney. <laughs> on yeah. on staff you have a realtor on staff who's part of the investment group and you guys that's how you're able to generate and yield 15% minimum on these investments so if you guys are looking to partner up or invest your money because you have some liquid assets and don't want to go to you know what I do and go to I don't do it but you know what I mean do it yourself this is a great partnership it and is. I highly endorse it
1: if bitcoin crashed for you it's already get sliding. that money out and it's you know, already give Ryan a call sliding down sliding down crashed for me That's going to be a wrap. You can catch us on Facebook, forward slash Market Overdrive. Also at Twitter, at Market Overdrive, Instagram, Market Overdrive. And let me let you guess where you can get us on YouTube, Market Market Overdrive. Download the podcast, WGN Family, the We Good Now Network. We will see you next Thursday at 5.30. Take care.